0: And welcome to another edition of Odyssey Journals. I'm Trip Mitchell, joined by veteran newsman Randall Carlisle, and we have a very luck, lovely guest who is dressed beautifully for the occasion. <laughs> uh, she she dressed properly. We didn't. Okay.
1: She, well, her name is Justine Winkler. So thank you for coming, Justine. You're
2: welcome. Justine, to be
0: here. who would you say is dressed better, Randall in that you know painting shirt, or me in a classy sweater over a t-shirt? Who?
2: Um, I'm going to go with myself. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good job. That is the correct yeah. answer. Yeah.
0: But you have an interesting story. Do you mind telling us?
2: Yeah, so I'm in Odyssey House right now. Um, this is my second time there. I've been there for, let's see, four months this time. The first time I was there for eight months, and I got out, go, went to outpatient, and I ended up relapsing, and so I called odyssey house they let me go back and uh yeah that's an
0: important part right there they let you go back they don't look at a defeat oh justine you you screwed up you can't get back in it's not like that
2: they were i was so i was in odyssey outpatient when i relapsed and i actually had relapsed a couple times before they told me that they you know you need to go back to residential and residential just let me come back right away they didn't you know, no judgment. No judgment. And when I got there they were so loving and just willing to help me, you know.
0: What was, was your addi- what was your drug of choice? My
2: drug of choice is heroin. Mostly heroin. I heroin and meth, but mostly heroin. That's my go-to. What
0: is it about heroin that becomes so addictive?
2: For me, it's the relief from like my anxiety and everything all emotions period you know I don't like to feel emotions so heroin takes everything away.
1: You check out.
2: You check out you completely check out and you're in this your own little war- warm world where nothing matters anymore so yeah that,
1: If we it, if we don't get too personal what were you trying to check out from? What was going on?
2: I have a lot of in, like my anxiety and I have a lot of trauma that my anxiety will, comes from my trauma you know I have a lot of trauma that stems from my drug addiction, or as a result of my drug addiction, being out on the streets by myself, you know, put myself in some bad places, and I end up experiencing some trauma. So, just checking out from that anxiety that comes with it.
0: Justine, how old were you when you first encountered drugs?
2: Um, I was 12 when I first smoked Whoa. marijuana. When I first encountered opiates, I was probably 14 jeez and i started with oxycontin and then 17 when i moved to heroin
0: how did you get to oxycontin
2: um just friends i so i started doing pain pills well i started with Loratabs and you know percocet and then i had older friends that were doing oxycontin so i ended up moving from Loratabs and percocets to oxycontin and then when they did away with the oxycontin
1: they made it hard to get. They made it hard to get, yeah. yeah.
2: They made it hard to get, and it was very expensive. So I had a friend come to me and say, you know, heroin's cheaper. So they overcharged me, but they said, it's 20 <laughs> bucks for this little balloon. And so I bought the balloon, and I smoked it. And
0: I, say, How did you afford to pay for the drugs?
2: Um, I got money from my parents. I stole money from my parents, mostly. And then when I got older, I started committing crimes like forgery and stuff like that, stealing retail theft, but when I was younger, I was stealing money from my parents.
0: Do you still talk to your parents now?
2: Yeah, so my stepdad has passed away, but my mom, she's one of my biggest supports, you know, even after everything I've done to her, I've stolen a lot of money from her. Um, when my stepdad passed away, I stole, she got some life insurance money, and I stole quite a bit of it from her, and I never thought she would talk to me again when she found out, but... She's my biggest support today,
0: She's and that team. makes a tremendous difference.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: We, we we bring that up a lot. How important do you think family support is when you're in like a program like Odyssey?
2: Um, I think it's very important. I know that if I didn't have my family there for me, to come visit me and to be there, just to talk to you on the phone or you know, that just to support me, I wouldn't. I don't think I would stay. Because it gets hard sometimes. The the program's hard. It's very hard. And you need that outlet, you know. You need that visit from your family to unwind and just know that somebody cares and somebody loves you, you know.
1: What does that tell you about love and moms and life? The fact that (laughs) her, her husband dies, she gets insurance money, you steal some of the insurance money, yet she still loves you and supports you. Yeah. What does that say?
2: Um, it says a lot about the person that she is. I know that I have an amazing mother. She's she has unconditional love for me. That's it. It's taught me what unconditional love is. You know, people can do things to you, and you can forgive them, and still love them. And I don't know. I look up to her a lot. She teaches. She's she taught me how to just go about life. You know, like when just forgiveness. Forgiveness from for other people, addicts especially. I have my sister's an addict, and she's done some things to me that I never thought I would be able to forgive her for. But I've forgiven her. And How is she doing now? She's good. She's got almost three years clean. She has a baby you now, and so she's someone I look up to.
1: See, that's w- one of the reasons we do this this podcast. Is is there's hope out there. And, and well, Odyssey's slogan is we are recovery and there's this huge recovery community. There's a lot of people like you and me and Lee behind the camera and Justine uh, who are in recovery, you know, and, it, it, and, and it's possible. I mean, you, you know, it, it, I, I hate to knock the news since I was part of it, but we always, like when we were doing stories on the block, we'd show people passed out on the sidewalk and things. And that's the way people picture addiction uh, and, and that is addiction, but there's also this side,
0: you know. Well, and one of the, Justine, in, in the AA program, I've heard, you know, you part of what we do is very similar to what you do, only at Odyssey House it's much more intense and seven yeah. days a week. But there's an expression, you can get off anywhere. You don't have to get off at the bottom yeah. of addiction. Yeah. So there are plenty of people, and not to speak for Randall, who are talented professionals no one knows that there's an issue there yeah i was a i
1: was a functional alcoholic for 40 years and when i and and i like i've been clean for i went through detox and 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 two outpatient programs and (laughs) something finally clicked i've been clean for like seven years but and, and i couldn't initially i was embarrassed to tell people that i'm a recovering alcoholic uh now i will talk about it and the first question is when I was watching you on TV, were you drunk all the time? And I wasn't. That's the definition of a functional alcoholic. I had a perfect shift. I'd go to work at two in the afternoon, get off at 10:35, go to the bar and drink who, who was counting that 1035 were you yeah, out I the was counting to? that I'd say as soon, as soon as I said good night, thanks for watching. We were out the door and, and I was at the bar 15 minutes later and I'd drink till I would pass out every night and I did that for like 40 years. Uh, but then I could sleep in until noon, 1 o'clock, and go to work sober. And So I was never on the air drunk. But that's the first thing people think about when you say I'm a recovering alcoholic. Though we both
0: know people who have been broadcasters sure, sure. while drinking, and you never know.
1: Yeah, that's true. With so, me, I, you, you would have known because I, for some reason, I, I blacked out almost every time I drank, and I, and I began to slur my words very quickly after a few drinks. So I would have been... Good evening. I'm Randall Carlisle. <laughs> yeah. I think somebody might have thought something was wrong. You know,
0: and that's that's a situation where you getting back to what level you get off on. Now, your sister, as you mentioned, has been sober for three years. Did she hit the bottom, or was she able to get off this merry merry ground, maybe a little higher up?
2: I think she hit the bottom. I mean, I believe that everyone has their own bottom, like you say. So everyone gets off at their their own spot. Um, I think she hit the bottom, though. She was pregnant and using and you know my niece was born addicted and DCFS got involved and so they ended up putting her and my brother-in-law in treatment and then my mom took the baby for a little bit and then they reun- reunited like the parents program but she went to House of Hope they reunited her with her child and she's been sober ever since but yeah I believe she hit the bottom.
0: So for many people that higher power is their child.
2: Yeah. I think she's even said to me, I wish that you had a child because it would be easier for you to stay sober, you know, because for her, ever since she's had her child, ever since she's gotten sober, since that child, she's stayed sober and it's kept her sober.
1: What got you into Odyssey the first time around?
2: So I went to jail. I'm in drug court and I went to jail because I had just relapsed and they sentenced me to Odyssey House. Um...
1: Now come on! You shouldn't say it that way. They sentenced me to Odyssey House, but that's true. Yeah, so they
2: gave me a sentence to go to Odyssey House, and at first, I'm gonna be honest—I was mad because Odyssey House is hard, and I I had heard about it in jail too. You hear bad things about Odyssey House, you know—you hear that it's a snitch program and all kinds of bad things. That now I look at it, I don't see them as true. Now that I've experienced Odyssey House, so I got when I got
0: explain snitch program.
2: It's you have to hold people accountable. Yeah, and that's one
0: of the
1: most important aspects, and that's one of the things they fight the most She can explain it, but we call it an encounter process yeah and it's it's because we're we're based on a therapeutic community, and we want everybody within that community to stay healthy and be on the right track so explain how how it would work if if say you and I are in mill creek and and you see that you see me t- even something somewhat small talking to a woman without anybody else being there what would you do
2: so you have to write an encounter it would say you know i feel concerned Randall, i feel concerned when you talk to sally without a breaker and then you have to
0: and a breaker is
2: a breaker is a third party awareness
0: okay you, can't you, have, you can't you can't be can't, alone
2: you can't yeah. speak to the opposite sex without a third party awareness
0: that sounds like my
1: high school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so go ahead so you would say so
2: you would- R- write the encounter, and then you would run it, and it, I would say, Randall, you know, I feel concerned when you talk to Sally without a breaker. Then you would. And she's respond. doing
1: this in front of the whole group. Yeah. So oh. you're you're upset at this point. I could be, and, and but she has every right to do that because I'm I'm threatening the the, the safety and the health and and everything of, of everybody in 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 my community in this therapeutic community. So. And, and, and this is a learning process because it takes her guts to say that because especially like if you've been in jail or prison or something like that where you never say anything about somebody doing something wrong and she's bringing up something that could be as minor as me just talking, you know, that I wasn't trying to put the moves on this girl. I was just talking to her, you know. So so you, you would say it, how and then I'll respond.
2: So I'd say, Randall, I feel concerned when you talk to Sally without a breaker.
1: And I would say that I have to respond. And we're both in front of this group, which also makes it pretty difficult. I'd say, Justine, I'm sorry I made you feel concerned. Uh, and I I should have had a breaker. And I acknowledge that. And I don't know. Something slipped my mind. And I was just talking for a moment to her or something like that. And then, or I could say, what would happen if I said, Justine, you're making that up. I wasn't talking to a girl. What then, would happen then?
2: The th- so the therapists are there. And they would tell you you know just acknowledge her feelings and then after after you acknowledge the feelings you have the chance to open it up they call opening it up and then you can explain you know I wasn't talking to her without a breaker or I was talking to her without a breaker whatever the circumstances were but
1: the key is acknowledging her feelings and 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 it's it's so it's it's like a it, it's a process of teaching we all deal with frustrations in life when we get mad at people we think we've been dealt with unfairly that kind of stuff and it's teaching people to, in a in a very reasonable way to to deal with you know you know she, we don't have to like everybody if we're in odyssey's residential treatment program and not everybody likes everybody else but
0: that's true of being outside in society yeah yeah it's part of life when, so this honesty and you, you mentioned that you'd heard bad things about Odyssey because of that honesty aspect. Snitching yeah, program. They called it the snitch are. program yeah. in
2: jail. So I had heard about it, and I absolutely did not want to go there. So when I got there, I had a bad attitude about being there, you know. And for the first month, it was really hard for me to stay. I ended up going LACA, which is leaving against clinical advice. I left for three days. I relapsed within that three days, and then I called... Odyssey and said, you know, I would like to come back. And they let me back. That was the first time I was there. They let me come back. And I, after I had come back, my attitude changed about the program. Because I went out there and experienced addiction again. You know, I went out there and experienced how bad things really get how and how quickly it gets that bad. So, when
0: you left and you go back on the street, how hard was it to find drugs? <laughs> oh, it was easy. It
2: was within... 10, 15 minutes. I was on the tracks and I got my drugs.
0: How'd you pay for it?
2: I didn't have to. Because I know people from being out there before. They just, I just asked them, can you help me out? And they helped me out. Hmm.
0: For those of us who haven't experienced that, it's kind of a whole culture that... Yeah. See, our addiction was lucky
1: because we were consuming a legal beverage. You know, it's it's legal to drink alcoholic beverages, so it made it easier to find what you needed to find. I think, you know, although I still had to go to the liquor store to a <laughs> yeah. maverick or something. So you, you only took tracks, and in yeah. ten or fifteen minutes, you so had you heroin. Could, you, you could know. find
0: someone on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I find yeah. someone on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but getting back to your your family's reaction, so your mother had to feel like she. Just as had amazing luck with your sister having a baby, yeah. being three years over you in the program, what are some of the things that she said to you that make it seem all worthwhile?
2: Um, I don't know necessarily things she said to me, but just seeing that she, well, she comes to visit me every day, and she tells me, or not every, every Sunday. Sorry, okay. excuse me. So she comes to visit me every Sunday, and she tells me things like she's proud of me, or that she loves me. Just hearing those small things makes it worth it, you know? Seeing that she's forgiven me for everything that I've done to her makes it worth it.
0: That's fantastic.
1: She, uh, we, we had talked earlier, I, Justine and I, out at her residential place about drugs in, in behind bars. And, and I, one of the things you told me that sort of blew me away was you said you knew people while you were at the Salt Lake County Jail who stayed high the whole time they were there. Yeah. Explain that. I mean, the average person says, well, no, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're behind bars, you've got guards. How, how in the world do you stay high the whole time you're there?
2: Well, so people sneak in drugs, they swallow them in balloons or garbage bags. They swallow them and then they have them when they're in there. They either throw them up or they, you know, poop them out. And then they sell them to inmates or people take each other's pills. They sell their pills and they do the pills there.
0: Uh, That's amazing. And and on last week's show, we found out that it's maybe the number is as high as 75% of people who are in jail are addicts or alcoholics prior getting in. And that's a shocking number.
2: Yeah, I believe that it's that high. And that
0: shows how addiction is changing our criminal justice system. Yeah.
1: Did you know, I mean, the majority of people in there were, they had issues with drugs or alcohol?
2: Yeah, I would say 75% is pretty accurate. Everyone that I know in there has problems with drugs or alcohol. It's maybe one or two people that you meet that's in there for just crimes, and it doesn't have to do with an addiction, you know?
1: Straight crimes. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Straight crimes. <laughs> is there such a thing? <laughs> yeah. And your experience inside jail, is that made Odyssey House seem easier or is it tougher? How? What's the transition like?
2: So I think it's made it easier because in jail, no matter how bad I wanted to stay sober, it was super, it was hard, you know, because there's drugs everywhere, there's pills everywhere, there's... It's hard to stay sober when you're in jail. Um, (laughs)
1: That's a classic line right there. It's hard to stay sober while you're in jail. Think about that. I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought. Go ahead.
2: So then in Odyssey House, it's different because there's... You have a whole family of people that's trying... That has the same goal. You know, they're trying to stay sober. They want to change their lives. They want to change their behaviors. And it makes your lifestyle easier, the decision to change makes it easier you know
0: but yet it's an environment that's tough so it's not like you're being coddled while you're in odyssey house no you're not (laughs) not at all poor
1: justine (laughs) i know you want to do heroin today
0: but that's okay (laughs) no it's not like that no
2: it's a tough environment you have to be accountable for yourself you have to work you do
0: do you get any time off
2: um it depends on what level you're at in the program the higher the you go in the levels, the less time you have, the less free time you have, because you have to start giving back to the house and helping around the house more. When you get to a certain level, you have to go to work from nine to five every day. Monday, Is it tough Friday. finding jobs? Um, so we don't work, We have they call them departments. We don't go out and work. At, there's pivot sites that go out and work at jobs for Odyssey House, but we work basically within the house.
0: So it's cooking, cleaning, and that sort yeah, of thing? Yeah,
2: cooking, cleaning. Yard work? Yard work. What's
0: your specialty?
2: I work for transitional housing. So I go out, I get to go out every day and work on the properties of transitional housing.
1: And, and she also mentioned we have we have agreements with a number of uh, companies, manufacturing companies, uh, Williamson, Godwin. Uh, they make uh, truck bodies, uh, the, the big things you see on the back of... Uh, Oh, trucks that were driving in the last snowstorm you know they carry gravel and oh, okay. spit stuff out uh, and we have some of our people working there we have agreements with uh, I guess the best known in town would be hires uh, and and we have people working in at, at hires uh, through a you know training you know it, it's a program that they've worked for years hiring our people when they go out on these jobs
0: that's fantastic yeah yeah and that has to be when you've been on the street and living kind of not in the full spotlight, going and getting a regular job has to be a wonderful first step. You know, and what she described is, and that's part of the, when
1: I say a therapeutic community, I mean, the people in the higher levels are basically running the daily activities in each house and, and also taking care of everything. I mean... Yeah, we do have a person in charge of the kitchen, and, and we do have professionals in the houses—therapists and psychologists and social workers. But but you're sort of running yourself. The higher levels, yeah. you
2: know. So the higher you gain the levels, like I said, you work for the house, and you become—they call them—kitchen coordinator or kitchen supervisor, and you're above that department. So you're—you
0: have some accountability. At that yeah, one.
2: you have accountability. At that How home. is the food? Um, right now our foods are pretty good. Yeah. We have some people that work in the kitchen right now that they're like chefs or something.
0: <laughs> it's always nice to
1: See, to the help. theory behind this, and it, and it makes sense if you think about it, and that's why it's called a therapeutic community, is if, if I'm just coming into the program and I'm a heroin addict and I just detoxed and I'm coming in, and she's like towards the top of the program and she's a heroin addict, it's a lot easier in recovery and had been there for a while. It's a lot easier for me to believe what she's telling me than it is for you if you had no experience with it. And so even though there's supervision with professionals, it, it, I, I, I buy into what she's saying a lot more than what I buy into what you're saying. I mean,
2: yeah, I would agree with that. Watching people that have been I know that have been in my exact shoes or close to my exact same shoes. Watching them grow and change and live the lifestyle makes it easier for me to want to follow their footsteps, you know?
0: Yeah, and we've had some guests on previous shows who have had a rough go, and you see them get into Odyssey House, go get a a further degree at the U of U, and are therapists, and are helping people, but they've also been through Mm -hmm. the hell that people have been through. Yeah. So we want people... If you've got uh, someone in your family who's having some challenges, if you know someone at work or just a friend, there's a number to call, and it's right here on the bottom of the screen, and Randall even knows it by heart. 801-322-3222. How long did it take you to learn that one? Well, it took a while. I'm pretty yeah. old now. Okay. I, my brain doesn't work that well. But it, it's a phone call to Odyssey House, and there are a ton of recovery options in the community. Utah, we're blessed with some amazing people that can help out, everything from 12-step programs all the way to inpatient. There's something for everyone, and, and, and I really believe that there's hope for
1: recovery through something. I mean, whether it's, uh, I mean, I went to an outpatient program at uni, okay? She's going to Odyssey House, uh, I know many people who have, have stayed clean and sober for a long time through Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, it's just, you know, there's something for everybody, but you have, to, you have to want help, I think. you know, yeah. to, you know and, and, and if the program's not right for you, find another program. But know. the
0: important thing is to ask for help, or if you're watching and, and you're trying to help a family member out, call this number. Talking to someone is the first step and learn what the options are learn because go, go to our website
1: odysseyhouse.org, or go to any of the other treatment center websites and see what kind of programs they offer see what they charge see how the programs work and and you know you, you need to you need to do some some work on finding the right place i think you know it's in a way it's sort of easier to <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if you'd call it easier, but when you're going through like drug court and you're ordered into a place like Odyssey House, it doesn't give you a lot of options. Yeah. But if you're sitting out there watching and you think you, you, you know somebody who has a problem, it's, it's worth checking out, you know, what would work for that person. I don't know. Because what, what would you do if, let, let's say you, you have a daughter someday who we hope not would ever have an addiction issue. What would you do?
2: Um, I would probably research all the different, a bunch of different treatment centers and see which one fits or best suits her, you know, because there's different things that play into addiction. There's mental health and some places focus more on mental health than the addiction part or there's like Odyssey House behavior modification and there's, you know, there's all different kinds of treatment centers and for me, I've been to a, a lot of different ones and I'm just grateful that drug court sentenced me to house because I have some behaviors that I needed modified. <laughs> so, are,
0: oh. they, are they modified now?
2: They're not completely modified, but they're getting there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and but she is wonderfully dressed. Justine, thank you so much for coming out. You're welcome. We do appreciate it. And uh, your story is very poignant. And the fact that your mother visits every Sunday. Yeah. And she's got two great daughters. That's. That's pretty great right there.
1: And, and you're giving back because by sharing your story, I, you know, I, I try to say this as often as possible. We're not trying to exploit you and hear all the dirt on Justine. But by hearing your story, I think it helps other people to, to see that you can recovery. And, and it's important to share stories like that. And I think it's also healthy for
0: us as addicts and alcoholics to share our stories as well. Yeah. I mean, and there, there are a lot of us out there, and, and though by the grace of God... And this is the type of situation where Randall and I do this just as a way to get back and to meet people like yourself who are going through second time through. And we wish you all the best. Thank you. So for Randall Carlisle, I'm Trip Mitchell saying thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time. Have a great day.